Ah, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fantasy Empire with a, a very small Chris Vaccaro and a much what? larger Nando DeFino, which is That's his a good nightmare. Point. Yeah, screwed up a little bit, man. Have some... <laughs> watch it on video. If you listen on podcast, just know that Chris is as far back as possible from his desk and microphone. Yay! What's up, man? Go What's ahead. Up, you, you, wanted to give it, you wanted to give a nice talk at the start, so I'm going to yield to you. No, no. I'm just happy, uh, you know, uh, this season we're back together. Uh, fantasy uh, player profile here. We're always together. The new home. And uh, I'm uh, excited to, to do the show with you, as always, on this new platform. Uh, every Wednesday, we'll be here. And uh, for our new audience, you uh, if you don't know what to expect, you get uh, some good fantasy football information, as well as, uh, you know, two friends chopping it up and uh, ripping on each other. So get prepared, boys. I don't know if I would call it friends. Uh, okay. I'd say a bully and... Uh... And a guy. We were like the we were like the Dalvin Cook of the uh, free agency fantasy podcast for these last couple months here, Nando. Oh yeah, so you know, like, a pair that nobody just, wanted. No, no, actually, a lot of people wanted, and uh, we found ourselves a new home, and we're happy with it. So uh, let's get the season started, buddy. I would say the fact that he was out in the open market for so long made it sound like no one wanted him. Okay, listen, that's. I know you're trying to segue into running back stuff, so why don't you just go ahead and tell us what you think of Dalvin Cook. You're a Jets fan. Yeah, as usual, you want to keep saying I'm a Jet fan. Anyway, uh, listen, he, you just come across as such a Jets fan. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. I don't know what it Giants is. Fan. No, no. Listen, Dalvin Cook. The fact um, that you keep saying you're a Giants fan makes me think you're more of a Jets fan. We all thought that he would wind up in uh, Miami all off season, right? I think that's where all fantasy players thought he would wind up uh, going, but. You know, the Jets gave him the money, and uh, he, uh, to the not not to the delight of Brees Hall fantasy drafters all summer long, Dalvin Cook winds up in uh, New York here, and um, you know he still hasn't seen his ADP change. Non though, he's uh, you know still going in the eighth, ninth round of drafts. As a matter of fact, I got him last night in one of my drafts, ninety fourth overall as my third running back. I I can't. What do you think's coming out of that? It's coming out of like 800 yards and six touchdowns. Like what's coming out of that? I think think it's the perfect uh, duo with him and Hall. I think you can expect Hall to get off to a slow start. I think most fantasy uh, players are expecting that. Uh, I don't think they want to give Hall, uh, you know, a huge workload, 20 plus carries early in the season. So Dalvin Cook is going to play a nice role. I think you can use him in your fantasy lineup as an RB2 through maybe mid-October. And as Hall ramps up, uh, as the season goes along, you know, uh, you know, he'll factor in more in November and December when the when you're trying to win the big money uh, and win your league. So early season, uh, Dalvin Cook, late season Hall. If I'm a Brees Hall owner, uh, I'm not loving the fact that I was taking him in the fourth and fifth rounds for those people that were uh, early in the season. I got to get off to a good start. I got to try and win my, uh, you know, I, I got to try and bank some wins early and points. I don't think you're going to be able to rely on Brees Hall that much early in the season, Nando. You're going to say hi to our viewer from Wisconsin? Hello from hello to uh, our friends in Wisconsin. Is it like you knew that we were doing a video show and you're wearing a t-shirt that looks like you purposely pulled yeah, no, the neck as hard as you could. Yeah. It's a very yeah, strange whatever. choice. Yeah, whatever. You're not even that tan. <sighs> you're showing off your neck slash chest. You are though. Um, yeah. 
Let me ask you something. Because here's my theory is that Brees Hall, remember Michael Carter, like three years ago, was like the greatest Jets running back of all time and everyone was sweating him, including you. And then Brees Hall showed up and everyone forgot about Michael Carter. And now like Dalvin Cook's here and it's kind of like, well, Brees Hall is an injured piece of garbage. So like, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I feel like Brees Hall is going to rush his way back. He's going to aggravate that injury. Not aggravate, but like have like that related like high ankle sprain or like a hip impingement or something. Yeah, because something of Dalvin that Cook pressure something else. Yeah, you see that a lot. <laughs> I think that's going to happen. Maybe his other leg. Sometimes it happens with the other leg because you're favoring that one. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man. I think like Dalvin Cook. Don't drop. You know, don't like he might be going at a fine spot right now, but I wouldn't drop him when you get frustrated the first five weeks because something something's going to happen to Brees Hall. No, I don't think anybody will be dropping him, Nando. So, um, you know, it's I just think it's a good I think it's a good duo in, in that they have. But fantasy wise, I think you're going to get frustrated when the two of them, you know, come out of a game with 13 carries and 11 carries, you know. So that's just the way I see it. Where do you think Jonathan Taylor is going to go? That's a that's the million dollar question right now, Nando. That's you know that's going to be the biggest as we head to main event season at the high stakes level. He's going to be the biggest quagmire on the draft board, in my opinion. You know he's giggity right giggity, now, giggity, right? Yeah, uh, right now he's last <laughs> until like the you know the last uh, couple picks of the second round, sometimes the third round, and um, even that's a little too rich for my blood right now, Nando. I don't know. You used to love Jonathan Taylor. That was like your guy. Well, you maybe yeah. put him in so many headlines of things you and wrote. And he was a stud, but you know what? That offensive line isn't what it used to be. So I don't even – I wasn't even going to be in on Jonathan Taylor if there were none of these issues surrounding him. So the fact that he's still sometimes a late second round, early third round draft pick is, um, you know, it, it, he's not really too much in my draft plan, to be honest with you. But uh, where do I see him landing? I don't think he goes anywhere. I think the compensation that they're looking for is way too much. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I think he either sits out, which I even doubt about that because these guys, you know, they want to get paid. So I, I expect him week one show up the, you know, a couple of days before, uh, you know, week one kicks off and he'll be in uh, Indianapolis' uh, starting lineup. Will he be the guy? Yeah, of course. Twenty-one carries, one hundred and thirty. So then, what's why? Yeah. Why are we taking him so late then? No, well, because there's the possibility of him not being in the lineup. He hasn't practiced all summer. Season's upon us in a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know if he steps right in week one and they give him twenty plus carries. I highly doubt that. So there's just a lot, you know, surrounding him right now. What happens if you he gets Jeff traded? Saturday ended up? Hmm? You think Jeff Saturday? Where do you think he ended up? Uh, I'm sure he's. Doing just fine, Nando. I can tell you I that. Know, he, I don't know, man. His reputation is pretty much destroyed, right? No, not at all. He stepped in. He stepped in when they asked him to, and and that's that. It didn't work out. Chris went to college with Jeff Saturday. That's why he's defending him so passionately. Uh, we got emails. Even though I've been writing rundowns for many, many years, Chris Vaccaro has forced his will on the show. Uh, well, someone's show got topics. a right mm-hmm. I would do it. If you would let me, but then you would run over it anyway. Show topics, FYI, from Chris Vaccaro. QBs have been all the rave all summer, getting your hands on one of the Elite Eight. By the way, here's a fun story about Chris Vaccaro's last column. Let me finish the question, then we'll... But what do we think about actually waiting on QBing and going against the crowd? 
You're right. This year has been a lot more people who I didn't expect to be talking about. I'm getting Jalen Hurts or like I'm getting Mahomes. Uh, that like the the weight on QB thing is kind of like is gone, right? I mean, yeah, it kind of seems like it's a thing of the past this year. Um, you know, as we go into the fantasy season, I just think what we saw last year with guys like Mahomes and, and Jalen Hurts just carrying teams on a weekly basis coming into this season. Now everybody wants one of these elite quarterbacks that every week is going to give you, and, and I'm talking six point passing leagues uh, for our audience. Uh, I play in mostly six point passing leagues. Uh, my strategy, Are you playing exclusively six point passing leagues? No, I mean, Don't I lie. play in some four, but I'm just saying it's, it's a different strategy when you drop down to four point passing. So just so our audience knows, most of the time when I'm talking, it's for six-point passing leagues, whether it's high-stakes level or home leagues. Um, the quarterbacks are pushed up now. You know, Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, these guys, the the elite three right there are all top 25 picks in, in most drafts, and rightfully so because these guys were consistent, and they're the guys that you could put at the top of your lineup every week and expect 30-plus points and spike weeks of 40 to 50. Um, so yeah, it's totally worth it. Um, you know, this year, like I said, Nando, there is an elite eight in my opinion. Of, we made a chart. Say that again. We made a chart. Yeah. So and you got upset about it. Well, because you, you posted it wrong, but that's for another time. I don't think place. I did. I think you had a problem with it. No one in the world had a problem with it except no, for you. you. You posted it with, as if they were super flex. Uh, rankings. I so, included no, Superflex. You were 100 percent wrong, but that's. That. I know I was not. I think it's very interesting. People who read your column play Superflex. Okay, so Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, no, the world, Lamar Jacksons, and Trevor Lawrence's. These guys and Trevor and Justin Fields. These guys all go in the top 60 overall uh, on the draft board uh, this year. My preference would be my first preference would definitely be to get my hands on one of these eight guys, um, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you a top five, five round, six round pick. Now, drafters, we have to decide if it's worth it or not, or to drop down. Now, I'm just saying the options this year at quarterback, and I love all top eight guys that, that come off the board here. But when you look down into those rankings of quarterbacks that are going after picks 100 overall, in the 10 through 17 rounds, uh, through 10 uh, through 17 overall quarterback rankings, you could put together some really, really good combinations. And what that allows you to do on the draft board is buy yourself an extra running back or an extra wide receiver or an elite tight end in those first five rounds when you're not taking one of those elite eight quarterbacks. It's not a strategy that, you know, I like the elite quarterbacks. I always have, but I'm just saying, you know, people might be forcing it up so much this year Whereas when the teams that I've built this off season, when I wait on quarterback and I put some of these combinations together, my teams just look a little stronger. So, you know, there's something to be said with the, you know, the three or four teams in every league that don't get one of these elite eight quarterbacks. It ends at Trevor Lawrence for you, right? It ends, uh, it ends at Justin Fields. Nando. Not, uh, Justin Fields is my eighth guy of that group. Now um, Deshaun Watson, who has been the ninth quarterback uh, in my rankings and still is he um, it's weird. He's kind of gone on a little bit of a roller coaster ride uh, on draft boards where, you know, the hype was starting to be like, Hey, listen, this Cleveland offense is looking really good, uh, you know, on paper. 
And people started taking him from where he was going like in the 90s overall. He was moving up to the eighth, sometimes the seventh round. Then all of a sudden, what happens? We hear in the last 10 days, all the camp chatter, all the beat reporters, ah, this Cleveland offense is a little, you know, shaky. You know, things aren't flowing as well. Watson hasn't really had a great day uh, since the first week of camp. And now you start to see fantasy players take their foot off the gas a little bit when trying to move him up if they missed out on the elite eight quarterbacks. And now he's starting to fall back to even to the fact where, you know, we've seen in the first week of high stakes drafts in the main events where Tua uh, has even gone off the board in some instances uh, before Watson and even Daniel Jones, who I think we could possibly see as the ninth quarterback when the big money's on the line in high stakes leagues in these next couple of weeks. Give me a second. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsor for, uh, for this beautiful opportunity of you and I being together. <laughs> Chris Vaccaro and his small head, not at a Fino. We'll be right back in a second. Let's take a moment to talk about underdog fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from player profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on player profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an Underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5X your payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the Underworld. We're back. I know you hate taking questions from people. You want to take a question from someone? Sure. Come on, we're doing this live, Chris. This is from Dakota. In a casual league where waivers aren't as active, would it be more advantageous for me to get an early quarterback or punt quarterback? I'll likely get whoever I want from waivers throughout the year. So that does play into what you were just talking about for 10 minutes without taking a breath. It all it all depends on, you know, uh, the, the value you get at these guys. You know, I, I'm not going to rush up the board. To, to take one of them. But uh, if quarterbacks are easily available for you in your league, then I'd wait. That's, you know, that's how I Russell would Wilson? It. Would you go in with Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson and let's see is, what happens? Russell Wilson is so free in drafts. And, right? uh, you know, he's I been on my quarterback. Head. He's been my second quarterback that I've drafted in a lot of these, um, you know, in a lot of these leagues, Nando. And what I like to do when I wait on quarterback and I don't get one of these elite guys – um, I like to I'm definitely taking two quarterbacks and even sometimes three. It's crazy that, you know, some people say, oh, no, absolutely not. I'm not taking three quarterbacks. But, you know, you're not wasting top 10 round, you know, capital on any of these guys. So you can what I like to do is get a nice pairing of, you know, a pocket passer such as like a Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff, um, you know, and pair it with a nice running quarterback as like a Daniel Jones and a, you know, a. Anthony Richardson, uh, if you into an Anthony Richardson type this year, uh, types like that. So there's nice combos that you could put together in rounds 11 and on. And if Russ Wilson is sitting there, which he has been in six, round 16, 17 of yeah, some of crazy. these drafts, I'll that's take crazy, him as my right? quarterback and, and let <laughs> it play out. Yeah, you don't know Imagine, what the offense is going to look like. 
imagine having a guy who's got, and this is my the Geno Smith argument last year was like he's got these amazing weapons for the first time ever. And right. Wilson's had good weapons before, but I mean, imagine having Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Sure. And, being and now like, what happens if Greg Dolchich takes a step up as a as a nice, you know, athletic move tight end and short Peyton finds a way to get him involved. You know, they take Marvin Mims early in the draft. Uh, you know, he's gotten off to a little slow start in camp, but you could see him playing a nice role as a wide receiver three here. He was a stud in, in Oklahoma. So um, it's a nice little offense. I think we have to throw out what we saw last year from Russ and this offense under Hackett. Uh, it could be a complete disaster, and it could be a nice little value, especially as a you know a, a spot starter in certain weeks. You know what I like doing with Russell Wilson. Week one, he's at home versus this Raiders defense, and if you draft uh, you know a quarterback like a, a Daniel Jones, and you see all right, hey, week one, you know he's playing this Dallas defense. I don't really love him, and you get a Russ Wilson a couple rounds later, and that's your quarterback combo. Maybe you go with Russ Wilson week one and he gives you you know i'll tell you this about russ wilson he broke off like a 15 yard run the other night in his preseason game he looked quick you know and i know he got heavy in his first year in denver he came in out of shape uh but maybe he's one of these guys that you know he rededicated himself in the offseason and he could come back in and all of a sudden you know be a quarterback that's running for 50 yards a week and he could get you through a week when you have a loaded team at receiver running back and tight end and you put a Russ Wilson there and you play the combo game. Listen, we don't all love to play the mix and match game. It's a lot easier for our, us fantasy players to draft a Pat Mahomes and not even think about your quarterback position every week. It's a set it and forget it. But if you don't go that route, you know, yeah, we got to put some more time into the quarterback position thinking about it every week. But, uh, you know, you, you play the mix and match game. You just hope that you play it right on a weekly basis. Right, because you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and a lesser wide receiver versus like, I'm trying to think who you would take and Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like no matter yeah, which wide receiver, I think who's good. You're going to correct me. So I'm just, not I mean, that's it. the whole part. Listen, that's why this season is unlike any that we've seen in the last bunch of years. You know, you have to go back to like the, the old days of 2012, 2013, yeah. breeze, Peyton Manning, we're all going early, but you know, we are using heavy draft capital now this season on these quarterbacks. And I'm not saying it's not the right way to play it because they can give you 35, 40 points a week, but it's eating up a, a big spot on the draft board for a big time wide receiver two in the second round or an RB one in round two. And it changes the, you know, the look of your fantasy team. You sent me an inappropriate text message. Yeah. Why? So the show was great that. so far. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Later in the show, we're going to introduce our top three, which was Vicaro's idea. Uh, he said, just pick a topic. and He's going to name his top three. So I got a few. Wow. We'll do that later. You're doing I'd a like great to get job. Some, well, I'd like to get some real football first. Yeah, um, let's do it. What are That's we doing in drafts? Quarterback position, Nando. There you go. It's good. I like how you said there's an elite eight, but didn't name the eight. That was a good one. I, I actually did. We're back in midseason form. <laughs> what are you doing? Take it off what the rust. You, what are you doing in drafts with the teams that have muddled backfields? Uh, you put in parentheses Bears, Eagles, Saints, Dolphins. 
Yeah, you're really setting these up very nicely as usual. As a if I don't fan. read them word for word, I'm gonna I'm gonna get another inappropriate text message. You're doing a you're doing a really good job. I gotta. Why did you Why did you put always. the Bears and Eagles? Why did you flip them when you read them? I put them in the specific order. <laughs> and this is why, for everybody listening at home, I don't do the rundowns, uh, and either does not. Oh, yeah, I don't do the rundowns. Them. He mocks them and and he reads them like he's a five year old. So there you go. So. Uh, muddled backfields this year. Um, you know there are a good amount of them, and they're you, what they're doing is giving you some decent value on the draft board. So uh, one of my favorites that you just mentioned, actually, Nando, is the Bears, and you know a combination of you know they have three running backs. Yeah, but you probably love Herbert. I, you know what, I, I Herbert's probably one of my most owned running backs. Um, he's now moved up the board to where fantasy players are taking him in the <laughs> round and eighth rounds of drafts, but all off season, he was, Nuts. you know, he was a 10th rounder, but it seems as if he's got a good handle on the starting position, uh, the starting running back position in Chicago. And um, it's just one of those backfields where early in draft season, you know, I think we didn't know if it would be Herbert or Foreman Um they were pretty stacked close on the draft boards, but now the gap has completely widened where it looked as where it looks as if the De- Deontay Foreman is now the forgotten man or the third person drafted. He's ADP has fallen off a cliff and, you know, all the way to about 175 overall. So fantasy drafters are not selecting Deontay Foreman like they were in June and July, thinking that he would be a 50, 50 split. Uh, Roshan Johnson. You think that's a big is, mistake. Uh, no, I had 600 I yard games last year. Well, I, the way I like to play it, Nando, it's probably one of my favorite uh, ways of drafting this last you know month and a half was to take Khalil Herbert as my RB three or four in that, you know, ninth, 10th round range, and then come back in the next couple rounds with a Roshan Johnson. Cause I think it will be Herbert early in the draft, early in the season. And then as the season goes on, I really love what I've seen out of Roshan Johnson. And I think that maybe he's that running back that you get, you know, where he's going on the board, 130 overall. And second half I've never of the heard season, of him. How do you spell Roshan? R- yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I think he could take over the backfield second half of the season. So he's one of those players that, uh, you know, you play the long game with him. Use the, you know, you use it as a combination uh, of Herbert and Roshan. You could get him as your RB3 and your RB5. And you play it that way. You let the season play out. I just see I see people making a big mistake and not like you know because Foreman's my guy. But I should. But I mean, oh, he's gonna kill it again. He might. I mean, like, why wouldn't he? He's basically Uh, Derrick Henry. uh, That's your. That's that's out of your mouth, not mine. Yeah. What do you? What would you classify him as? The guy. All he does is get hundred yard games. Listen, it just seems he almost had a thousand yards last season. In a garbage offense behind Christian McCaffrey, who played most of the year before he got traded. I can't say anything really negative about him, Nando. You you were right last well, you year. Just he, was a, he was a valuable player. And, you know, he's uh, – I just see it as Herbert's the main main guy and Roshan's the long-term play. Yeah, yeah but with Roshan, I mean, like, you're talking about an offense with Justin there's no upside for De- There's no upside for Deontay Foreman. You know, he's going to come in, he's going to get eight carries a game, 40 yards. What do, you know, he's not really catching the ball out of the backfield. You're going to have to pray that he gets in the end zone every week to pay off uh, using him in your lineup. There's just really, you know, no point uh, in, in drafting Deontay Foreman, in my opinion. 
I gotta ask our Bears writers uh, this week about that. It all seems to to be the same, non though. All the reports out of Chicago, you know, Herbert's the main guy, you know, and yeah. and Roshan is uh, you know an, uh, a rookie that looks really good to play a significant role second half of the season. But there's a lot of these backfields, non though, that drafters are struggling with, me included. That Philly backfield. Oh yeah, uh, segue us into the rest of your teams. Go. I'm just saying that they're all, you know, how do you look at the Philly backfield? seems like every week, uh, every day, um, you know, there's a different report. Uh, who's the main guy? First, it was Rashad Penny's looking good. Now yeah. Rashad, and Penny then it's Rashad like, Penny's getting cut, right? Yeah, now it's Rashad Penny's getting cut, and it's Swift's <clears throat> backfield. And then, oh, wait, Kenny Gainwell's running with the ones, and it's Kenny Game. I, you know, for me, the way I was playing it, and I, I was dead wrong this summer, I was taking Rashad Penny. In a lot of drafts. Um, and I thought, all right, listen, I can't see Gainwell or Swift being an early down back and that Penny would be at least, you know, a, a solid 12 to 15 carry running back on early downs. He's running behind one of the best offensive lines in football. And I thought it was a solid pick for where he was going, which was, you know, you would get him between pick 90 and 110. So, uh, he has seemed to fallen out of favor with drafters right now. Swift and Gainwell are the apple of everyone's eye. Gainwell's moved up to pretty much that 110, 115 round range where people are jumping to get their hands on him. But it's a it's a cluster F, you know, over there with, with these three running backs. But if you do I think take you swear chance, here. I think you're allowed to swear. Oh, well, that's good to know. That's I don't know good. for sure, but I think you can. Well, I mean, we're going to have to find that out. Last Theo. Sounds good. But yeah, it's confusing backfield, and there's a lot of them, and it's either creating you know a really good buying opportunity in these rounds from eight on, or it's going to be a dead pick. What's your buying opportunity with the Eagles, though? I mean, mine would be DeAndre Swift. Like he's been he's been like a stud. Well, before, he's the most expensive. All of a sudden, now. he's like, oh, he sucks. Well, he's the most expensive now, Nando. You know, he's going, he's not a value still. Though. No, no, absolutely not. He could come out and catch 50, 60 balls. But for me, you know, if I'm using a seventh round draft pick. I want to make sure that, you know, my running back that I have in my RB2 spot every week is getting more than, you know, 15 snaps a game. So it's a it's a, a slippery slope to play, especially with the running backs that are going right around him on the draft board. Um, you know, I, there's just other backs that are going to have more volume and uh, to me are better picks on the draft board than DeAndre Swift. So I, I really don't have a lot of DeAndre Swift and on my teams this summer. What's James Cook? I know you're all over the, the boards. James Cook for me for like the last oh. six weeks has been like, oh, this is, you know, someone's like, who's your sleeper? I'm like, oh, it's got to, like, it's kind of like J- James Cook isn't like the perfect situation, but he's gone up so fast and so hard and so furious. So that- fast, so hard. Uh, yeah. you, you know, so you can't sweaty. call him a. <laughs> that did sound. <laughs> Listen, you, you can't you call James it. Cook. You, you can't call James Cook a sleeper, though. All right. That's that's not what we're doing. You could have like four no. weeks ago. Listen, in June and July. Value. Maybe he was a value. He wasn't a sleeper. He was a value. In yeah. June and July, James Cook would come off the board in the eighth round. And he was my favorite pick in June and July. Yeah. Now he's all the way up to being a fifth rounder, early sixth He'll be third. Rounder. He'll be third before September 4th uh, no, rolls around. No, he won't. But Dude, I'm telling uh, you, I've seen this hype train roll. Maybe not in your draft boards, but in like a normal person's draft board. I bet you he will. Okay, listen, that's to each his own, Nando. But yeah. I think he settles in late fifth round, early sixth round, where he's going between picks like 55 and, and 70, 75, like that. It's going to be a great RB2 
uh, option, in my opinion, especially if you're drafting wide receiver heavy. Uh, you get an elite tight end early, and you want to come back, start building your, you know, the whole zero RB world that you know is taken over. Are you said that you invented that, and then other people are taking credit? Don't for start. It? Don't don't start with. It's that. a truth. Uh, is that a lie? Start I'm not starting with it. You brought it up. D- don't start with that. And then it's you just, waved the your arms RB, dramatically. The zero RB crowd is just really what everyone's just preferring this year. You see it all the time. Just I'm in drafts on a nightly basis, and there's at least three or four teams on in every draft that start off four wide receivers, have they five in the first six rounds and then they start and this might be the year to do it. You know, this might not be the year to shy away from it. I'm not saying it's my preference, um, but with all the running backs that have spent all summer long in the sixth, seventh and eighth rounds, and there's like a, a solid eight or 10 of these guys, these are running backs that we never used to see in the sixth and seventh rounds, you know, Guys that are getting 15, 20 touches a game used to have to look long and hard back in the day for that in the seventh and eighth rounds when everybody was a big running back early crowd. But now you can draft receiver heavy and come in the sixth and seventh round and get, you know, an Alexander Madison and a James Conner. These guys might touch the ball 20 times each. So, you know, for the people that are swearing by zero RB, this might not be the year to jump uh, off that ship with the value that's in the sixth and seventh rounds there. Are you saying you didn't invent it? Come on, Nando. Nobody cares. I'm, I'm sorry. Nobody, yes, they do. No, there is no, yes, and no do. I'm not saying. And, and yes, I am saying that I didn't invent that. It's not inventing it. There were plenty of people playing it. I had success with it back in the day. And that's that. Just say you invented it, man. Whatever. All right. Uh, Saints and Dolphins are the other two names you had on here. And I don't know how upset you get if we skip over things to get to the next topic. No, listen, I, these aren't these aren't a surprise to anybody listening, Nando. These, you know, backfields are, are three-man backfields. That's why we're talking about them, where drafters are all over the board with who they like out of the three-man backfields, you know? The Saints with Jamal Williams, you know, a veteran who had a good year last year, Alvin Kamara, who – Everybody thought was getting six games suspension. Now three. He's come back into my draft plan uh, just because of the simple fact. I could get him as my RB3 in the seventh or eighth round and stash him if I already have two solid running backs the first couple weeks of the season, then bring him back into my fantasy lineup. And uh, all reports about him early uh, in camp are he's looking like the old Alvin Kamara. So that might be a shot worth taking right there. And then, you know, you have the rookie Keandre Miller, who looked great coming off his injury the other night versus the Chargers in their preseason game. So, you know, it's kind of similar uh, to the Bears, you know, with Roshan Johnson being the Keandre Miller and, and a couple of veterans in front of him. You know, do you want to play the long game and hope that the, the rookie running back has the legs and the juice the second half of the season to take over the backfield? And you're grabbing him in round 10, you know, Keandre Miller. You know, it's uh, do you want to draft two out of these three guys and play a combination, try and build a backfield, which I, you know, I said earlier that I did with the Bears backfield. There's a lot of different ways to play it. And then, you know, the lastly, I'll say Miami, that's just a complete mess. We drafters don't know what the hell they're doing to me. Jeff Wilson for the last couple months has been a huge value and he's free in rounds 15, 16, 17. He's starting to move up now, but um you know, everybody was getting that discount because everybody, like I said, assumed Dalvin Cook was going to be the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins. And now that he's not, 
it's like, whoa, we have three guys in the backfield. They all go over 120 overall. Devin A. Chain gets hurt now. Ooh. I can't I can't take his name anymore either. Yeah, listen, a lot of people are on him. Uh, a lot of uh, yeah, but it's like all you know, it's it's like he, annoying now, right? Well, listen, he's an explosive he's an explosive player, and, and uh, but now this injury with the shoulder issue has pushed him down a couple rounds on draft boards, and it's moved up Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. One of these guys is going to be a really nice draft pick early in the season. You could see getting nice value out of Mostert or Wilson, whoever winds up getting the most touches. Maybe it's a 50-50 split uh, early in the season between these two, but one of them is is a pretty good value on the board right now. Would you take Tyreek Hill number one overall? Speaking of Dolphins. There's only two guys that I would take number one overall, and it's Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. So you can you can have your pick. I bet you but he has better numbers than both of them. Anybody else that gets picked number one overall, uh, other than those two, it's a mistake. Fair. Why not Tyreek Hill? With a 1,700 yards last year with a concussed two as his quarterback. I love Tyreek Hill, and um, I'll say it now. I have him number three overall on my board. I think that's a mistake. What is? I'm not taking him high enough. I just said I'm taking him third overall. Yeah, I would take him. I think you'd take him first if you're picking first or second, even. All right. I'm not going to bait you into that one. The Mm -hmm. importance of the seventh and eighth rounds of drafts Uh, at the wide receiver position. Yeah. (laughs) Speak. That's ridiculous. You really are are ridiculous. I've, I've worked with you long enough to know that if I do not say every single thing that you wrote, it's going to be a problem. So we can do your top three. Hey, we can do your top three right now if you'd like. I got three topics for the top three. They get uh, progressively well. The three. No, let's stick weird. to listen. I'm going to number each one. Football. How about we stick to fantasy football, which is this what top three was your idea. I'm just you are crazy out of the box thinking. Uh, okay, Nanda. Well, you named this episode thinking outside the box. I did. You actually named it. I did. I did. Um. Nando, the seventh. So far, you've round, done nothing outside of the box. The seventh and eighth rounds of drafts this year, to me, are probably the most important. If you're going to take your team, you know, over the hump here, uh, they're very valuable. You've been saying a lot of sexual things without realizing it today. You know that, right? I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, whatever. Spent a lot of time with the Borgata. <laughs> hey. Got to get it in when the summertime, right? In the Shave those legs, get out to the Borgata. Yeah, I don't know about that. But <laughs> Listen, the seventh and eighth rounds of drafts. those legs on our way to Atlantic City. You are the worst. All right, let, let, hey, let's do this. If you're going to mm. talk about the seventh and eighth round of drafts, maybe we can name some players who are in the seventh and eighth round of the drafts. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead. So stupid. It's just wide receiver territory, in, in my opinion, Nando. And so – you're building a team with wide receivers up top, maybe a quarterback in there, some mm-hmm. running backs in the middle, and then seventh and eighth come back around to get the wide receivers, right? Well, see, that, that's why it's a, it's a good topic because for all the drafters that are going zero RB, right, and they're drafting yeah. four or five straight receivers to start off their draft, you know, I they think don't it's need a them. mistake. I think it's a mistake. And then you come into this seventh and eighth round where, in my opinion, it's wide receiver heaven. It's, you know, you have all these guys that Jahan Dotson, is he one of them? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dotson is one of them. Um, to be honest, there's about a dozen. There's 12 to 14 of these wide receivers that um, right now in, in this range, they are so boom or bust. You could see any of them making a run at, at being a top 20 overall wide receiver. So to me, the point of what I'm saying is I don't think you want to come into this territory of the seventh and eighth round of drafts this year and not get your hands on at least one of these dozen wide receivers, if not two, if you're in the position to, to get two of them and, and use them as your flex play. So when you go wide receiver heavy early this year, you know, the sixth round is loaded with running backs. The fifth and sixth round are, you know, loaded with running backs. A lot of people want to focus there. Um, but you get a little past that and, you know, the running back market starts to dry up after the sixth round a little bit. The elites, uh, the elite eight quarterbacks are now off the board, right? In the first six rounds. And you don't see another one until, and, and, and then you don't see another one until Deshaun Watson around pick a hundred. So there's no quarterbacks here in the seventh and eighth round. You already missed out on the elite tight end crowd of Darren Waller, maybe a Kyle Pitts or a Dallas Goddard uh, lands right around here. Um, and, you know, like I said, the running backs are pretty much dried up. So you're looking in the seventh and eighth rounds between picks 70 and 90 out of all these really intriguing wide receivers that are in great spots. I mean, Sky Moore, Dotson, uh, you know, Jordan Addison. You've seen a lot of the rookies, Zay Flowers, that, that – you know, has potential in Baltimore to have an unbelievable rookie season. All these guys, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, uh, Gabe Davis is now moving up to where he's in the early uh, seventh round. Um, these guys have potential to give you top 20 overall season uh, at the wide receiver position. So Michael Thomas, I get my, say that again, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, it, makes it uh, right at the end of this. He's in the eighth round of drafts. So he's an interesting one. Now, and a lot of people these last couple of weeks, they're either see him as a screaming value in that eighth round, or they're running scared because of what the beat reporters, some of the beat reporters said that he can't get off the line of scrimmage. He looks old. He looks like he's aged. But if you look at the Saints offense and they have Chris Olave, who's going to operate as the, the clear wide receiver one. And they don't have, you know, they have a banged up Raheed Shahid. The kid Jawan Johnson's getting some, you know, buzz right now as somebody that could be the third, um, you know, target in the passing game. But I don't see how Michael Thomas doesn't fall into, you know, a solid eight targets a, a game here. And, you know, what we saw last year in the couple games that Michael Thomas played was he looked real good again. And he's had a whole year to, to get healthy. By all accounts right now, he's fully healthy again. And when you're getting him in the eighth round of drafts as your wide receiver four or five as a wide receiver that you can bring into your starting lineup. It's a really solid option uh, on the draft board. If he is still not a shell of himself. I know you don't like to give away your strategy because you do a lot of high stake stuff and it hasn't happened. When is that? No, this weekend? Book. Say it again. Yeah. Yeah. Is that this weekend? When are, when are the big no, intro, uh, uh, live in person so New York, uh, the live drafts are September 1st and 2nd, gotcha. so next week. And then I jump on a plane, and uh, we all go out to Vegas for uh, the live drafts in Vegas the following week. So busy uh, busy time of the season. I'm really looking forward to it. You got any other plans out in Vegas? 
Yeah, plenty. plenty. A lot of drafts. A lot of drafts. Sounds like it. Look, I mean, Nando, look at some Why of these Why go to Vegas names. then? Look at some of these other names. You can do that in Ohio. You yeah. got Elijah Moore. You got guys that you love Elijah Moore. Pretend. You're never going to be able to let go. Well, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore last year burned me as well as many others. What uh, about Donovan Peoples Jones? Everyone's so hot on Elijah Moore, and I would be too. But like Donovan Peoples Jones got it done last year, and I'm just kind of glossing over him to jump all over Elijah Moore. He's, you know, it's one of the it's one of the players that I still can't understand why he's going so far down the draft board he's you know he's there in the 18th 19th rounds of drafts i think he's more of a best ball play um to be honest with you he'll have some spike weeks but uh you know that offense just looks like it's elijah moore's gonna play a big <laughs> role in it and joku as a tight end so where does donovan people's jones come in as the fourth option on a team that's gonna obviously have a, a ton of uh rushing attempts with nick chubb well, so, I don't know, but we're christening elijah more than number two like he's jumped it's, Donovan it's a good, Jones. No, it, listen, it's a it's a solid point, no doubt about it. But um, I just don't. Oh, think I found a guy. Donovan, I found one of your guys. That's why you're trying to walk around this one. No, he's free. So around. you can you yeah. can bring up Donovan Peoples Jones as much as you want. He's you know he's a wide receiver seven on on uh, most people's fantasy teams. Pay me a picture of Odell Beckham Jr.'s highest upside season. Oh. You know, that's another situation where earlier in the season, I was drafting a lot of Bateman and, and Odell Beckham uh, just because after pick 100, you could get both of them. And I said, all right, listen, I think they're both going to be the top two uh, wide receivers in this offense in an offense that I think is going to obviously be way more wide open. Um, but the emergence of Zay Flowers and how great he's looked um, has put a little damper on Odell Beckham and drafting him and we're still waiting for to see you know how healthy Rashad Bateman is so that's a little bit of a um you know it's a little bit I'll take shots here and there you can't play this Rashad Bateman game again right like come on listen Nanda you have guys like Cortland Sutton Rashad Bateman these guys last year were you know drafters were loving these guys they were you know third rounders second rounders now they're going in the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds. So what's the harm in, in taking a shot? It's not going to kill your fantasy team, you know, to go back in and take a shot on a Rashad Bateman. Is that like, I mean, okay, fine. You got a new offensive coordinator, uh, you know, Todd Monken maybe mm-hmm. will have a system that better fits Rashad Bateman. But like Corlin Sutton has done it before, right? He has at least, what, two and a half really good seasons. He hasn't, under his yeah, belt. but he hasn't done it in a while. Yeah, he hasn't done it in a while. But Rashad listen, Bateman has never done it. Well, I'll give you that one, but early in the season before he got hurt, he was looking pretty good. So I guess it's just going to be one of those offenses where it's spread all around. Everybody's getting, you know, what they can get after Mark Andrews. You can see a lot of Bateman and Beckham, you know, lines where they're, they're four for 60, the two of them each week, Uh, you know, solid real life players uh, that help the Ravens and their offense succeed. But fantasy wise, what are you going to do with that? You know, you really can't do much with the 10 points each you week in PPR. You know who's getting zero love? Uh, your boy Adam Thielen. I know he falls a little farther out of this range that we you wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. But no, like nobody's – I haven't seen like a thread about, here's why you should pick Adam Thielen this year. Here's why yeah. you're an idiot for not picking Adam Thielen this year. Because he's an old, boring type of wide receiver, you know. He's going to lead Carolina in targets. 
Well, he, he, and he absolutely might, and he probably will. But it's just one another one of these offenses that's really boring this year. Nobody's really talking about uh, that Carolina offense. Um, all these wide receivers for Carolina go after 125 overall. You know, yeah. Thielen, Mingo, DJ Chark, your boy. Um, you know, you see it's all spread around. You know, people have their preference. Some people are in on the rookie Mingo. Some people want the the steady veteran presence the of an ver- Adam Thielen. Yeah. I mean, listen, what's uh, again, Thielen's probably another one of these guys that's a five for 50 type wide receiver. It's not somebody that you're, you know, going to run and, you know, hit the accept button on the draft board and get all excited about. It's not Some that points. type of pick. Yeah. Listen, it is. And, and on bye weeks, that can help you to slide in 10, 12 fantasy points in a PPR with an Adam Thielen. But he's a 13th, 14th rounder. Can he, can you see an upside? For him, where he performs as like a sixth, seventh rounder, I really can't, you know. Let's see something. I haven't loved what I've seen from, you know, Bryce Young also this uh, preseason. He looks like he's uh, struggling a little bit. But one of these guys is going to pay off more than their value at, at cost right here. Because they're Adam, all – Adam Thielen's only 26. He's only 26 years old. Adam Thielen? Yeah. Yeah, you might want to recheck that. I'm joking. I know. He's 33. How do you do How are you doing the uh, the Giants? Like I heard some Paris Campbell buzz early, and now everyone just wants to talk about Jalen Hyatt. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no one's talking about Kenny Galladay. <laughs> don't don't make that mistake, <laughs> Nando, please. Yeah. yeah, but that's what people expect from you, Nando. So it, it was just fine. Um, Kenny Galladay's Kenny Galladay's a cautionary tale, I think. For I mean, that dude was awesome. Signed a mm-hmm. big big like it was awesome didn't even get old like it's not like he was 33 you know what i mean no, I, think, I just think went to the giants just disappeared completely man yeah but well he he got the bag as they say and then you know he he, he probably is some one of these receivers that just you know doesn't love the game that much didn't put in a ton of work and you know slowly faded into uh oblivion but he got I paid know, man. and that's yeah, so it. who's the next kenny galladay though who was the Kennedy? There was no Kenny Galladay before Kenny Galladay, right? No, I mean, listen, the, the Giants Galladay? wide the Giants wide receiver corpse is just going to be a complete three for thirty three every week. You know, Hodgins and and Paris Campbell, who is one of the guys that I like to take as my wide receiver seven. If I could see yep. one of the wide receivers emerging as a, a you know a weekly flex play type, I think it's Paris Campbell. I think he's the most talented out of all of them. I think the kid Jalen Hyatt's now getting a little too overdrafted. Uh, just because of the, the camp buzz, um, I just think he's a deer that they could just send down the field a couple times a game and, and take some big shots. And, you know, he could be some weeks a two for 65 and a touchdown, or he can be, you know, a complete shutout. So he's not going to be one of those wide receivers that so I see sometimes go in the 12th round of drafts. I don't think you're going to be able to put him in your fantasy starting lineup and expect consistency on, on a weekly basis. The Giants offense is all in the pass game. It's all about Darren Waller. The guy's steamed up so much uh, to the point where I, you know, he was one of my most drafted players all summer long in the seventh He's round. had some turd seasons, though. He's turned yeah, up a couple turds. But now, though, that's why he started off draft season in the seventh round because yeah. he comes with the lingering. He's 31 years old. He comes with the hamstring issues and everything. But now what we've seen in camp is he's Daniel Jones's boy. 
He's getting targeted like crazy. He looks Philly fully healthy. And if there's a tight end on the draft board that you could see getting crazy value out of, it's Darren Waller. You know, Andrews and Hawkinson go too far up uh, on the board. Hawkinson's starting to slide a little bit now to where you get him in the in the fourth round of drafts. But Andrews is at third because you think you know where you're getting on a weekly basis with a Mark Andrews. But for a guy like Darren Waller, where he was going in the sixth and seventh rounds to say, hey, if I take this tight end after I have three receivers and, and three running backs or something like that and get a tight end that could give me second round numbers on a weekly basis, if he's a seven for 80 and a touchdown type tight end, all of a sudden, I hit the jackpot in the seventh round with Darren Waller. But now he's a fifth rounder, uh, an early fifth rounder, sometimes late fourth rounder. He's gone in the fourth round of the first couple primetime main events in the NFFC uh, this past week. So the steam is fully behind Darren Waller in this Giants offense. Um, a guy who I'm getting hot on, mm-hmm. and I know we don't have a lot of time left on the show, but I just wanted to share this with you to watch the speaking of steam come out of your ears. Sure. We asked uh, all of our beat writers at The Athletic to name like mm-hmm. one training camp development that's like fantasy relevant, like a player who surprised you training camp. You know, we kind of molded it just like, give us a name that's not super obvious. Sure. And Nate, Nate Taylor, who covers the Chiefs, you know who he said? Rasheed Rice? No. Guess again. Come on. Richie James. Yeah. Let me read this. Yeah. I can read this. This is by the paywall, so you're all very welcome. A six-year veteran, James was one of the Chiefs' most impressive players during training camp. Kansas City, of course, will pass the ball plenty, and James appears to be a reliable option for Mahomes. James has the talent to be an effective slot receiver alongside Sky Moore. Another area where James can provide a fantasy boost is on special teams, where the Chiefs are known for their aggressiveness. James is the team's top punt returner. Yeah. So I know your high stakes leagues have punt return yards, so that's probably very good for you. No, Nanda, I'll tell you what. There was a good solid two or three weeks where I was drafting Richie James in the last three rounds. I was full of it. You hated it. I just never brought up Richie James last year. I'm just telling you, this year I thought Richie James had a good chance to play a significant role in this Chiefs offense. But since then, you know, a couple guys have emerged uh, in this past game. It's scary. You know, I could see after Kelsey, uh, Sky Moore playing the slot role. And, and, you know, Valdez Scantling being on the field a ton as an outside weapon. But, you know, Richie Scantling James didn't do yeah, it last year, man. <laughs> Why would he start now? Richie James got off to such a great first week in, in Chiefs camp that that's why I was like, you know what? This guy might find himself as like Mahomes' guy, you know? Yeah. And, and it just seems like it's faded away a little bit. But, you know, we also have the Kadarius Tony, you know, hanging over our heads. If Kadarius Tony shows up in the next 10 days to practice, now what are we really, you know, what are we really doing here? You know, you got Kelsey, you got Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Uh, the kid Rice looks like he needs to get on the field as much as possible. So there's too many mouths to feed for Richie James to play a significant role in this. I just thought maybe the target tree a month ago looked a little more promising for Richie James uh, than it does now. So, listen, doesn't hurt to throw him on your team the, the first, uh, you know, the last couple rounds of your fantasy draft and see how he looks the first couple of uh, weeks and see if his snaps uh, are increasing. Um, you wrote here, uh, I want to talk about a weird dream I had about Theo last night in That's, your rundown. What a, what a weird comment. <laughs> go, go ahead. What a weird yeah, comment. But, yeah. What a weird comment. This is, yeah, this is what to expect from you, though. 
This is such a <laughs> you have the floor. So, you have the floor. That is such a normal Nando statement right there. Just a weird comment. But look, your last two are kind of boring. It's like who's this year's DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett? Like they've I mean, haven't they been it's not like they were a surprise. Do you mean two guys are gonna make their quarterback better? No, like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know, of last year. Two receivers that outperformed their ADP because they were on an offense that nobody, you know, liked and with a quarterback that everyone hated. And not everybody. Well, not everybody. Yeah. Congratulations, Nanda. Not the Chris Vaccaro show. No. But you know what? If I had to throw that question at you, who would this year's, you know, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett be? I think it would be Denver. I mean, you're talking about two people who have already had success who can help out a quarterback. It's not that bad of a – you're right. That's not a bad guess. To me, it has to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, though. It's just an offense that everyone's trying to avoid. Nobody wants these guys. And and who knows? Godwin and Mike Because Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield yeah. is a talented quarterback, man. In your eyes? In, your uh, in eyes? the eyes of the people not who drafted him first overall and the Heisman Trophy voters and everyone who's I mean, ever watched a game in college. Ryan Leaf, got, Ryan Leaf got drafted as a top two quarterback also. Doesn't mean it's an automatic lock. More quarterbacks bust in the top ten than than don't. Yeah, would you? But get I'm that just set? saying, if if <laughs> would you two get guys that are going to give you, if two guys are going to give you the production that a Metcalf and a Lockett did last year on an offense that nobody really wanted a piece of, I think yeah. you have to look at Tampa Bay and see if Baker Mayfield can somehow elevate these guys. Maybe they get in some games where uh, they're playing from behind, and uh, Evans and Godwin just keep racking up these points. Each week, Godwin right now is ADP is 60th overall. Mike Evans is one of those receivers right before that group of seventh and eighth rounders that we just talked about. Then, you know, nobody wants to touch Mike Evans on the draft board. Um, you could get him as your wide receiver four. And all he's done is put up thousand, you know, yard seasons one after another since he's been in the league. So I don't Not think it's, I don't think it's, you know, a situation where. Um, these guys could give second and third round value as two, you know, wide receivers in an offense where there's not much around them. There's not a solid third wide receiver. There's not a solid tight end. There's not much in this offense other than Godwin and Evans. So if they stay on the field, they're going to get targeted plenty and they could return really good value. The other one I would say, I like, you know, Kate Otten is one of those, Guys, Nando, that I still don't understand why he doesn't get drafted in 20-round drafts. He's always available. Nobody ever picks him. But, you know, he I think he's going to play the third, you know, target, uh, the role of the third target in this offense. And he had weeks last year where he showed me something. I think Kate Otten could be a solid backup tight end where, he, you know, people are running to the waiver wire after the first couple of weeks for a Kate Otten at the tight end position. We got a question from Cameron B. I don't want to ignore the people watching the show who have come to see you. Hey guys, if you're commissioner, how many seconds per pick do you allot in your, I love this question. 45. 100%. You know what? That is a good question. Cause I'll, I'll say a minute, one minute. Too because kind. I play in a home league where it's three minutes and it's my worst. I hate the draft more than anything. But are you live? You're online though, right? Uh, yeah. But three hey, minutes. If you're live. Eternity. If you're live, I don't, you know, if you're, if you're live a, a minute, no, a minute. A lot of breaks. A minute and change. A minute and twenty seconds tops. That's it. You know the problem is like I had a I had a league 
where the dude would just take so long and he would go through papers and he would go right to the very last second and he'd always do well. And I think that frustrated me more was that he would take the entire three minutes of the clock mm-hmm. and, uh, and then he'd, he'd do well in the league every year. Cool story, bro. No, it's good. I think it makes, I mean, if the person sucks and they take all that time, you know, disorganized, whatever. Um, when you are on the clock, how long do you take? Instantaneous. Just- well, then what's the reason why you suck? I don't. No. You want to talk about our baseball teams? Oh, no. Bad no. from day one? And that's because of the person who picks the first 30 rounds. Okay. Fair enough. Huh? Fair mm. enough, but not the time of the place. Uh, well, you brought it up. So mm. I was just trying to answer a question by someone who's watching. Gotcha. And look, Cameron says, thanks, fellas. You got it. Don't you feel good about yourself? Now, you said before the show, I don't want to answer one effing question. That comes up on the side or the bottom of the screen. Ridiculous. Because then I'll have to actually bring my Lies. head up to a normal place on the video. Yeah, I don't know. I got to figure this so out. I'm showing off my Home Depot $4,000 blinds. <laughs> All the way to the tippy top. There you go, buddy. There All you right. go. Uh, we should wrap it up. We'll do the top. I guess you were so hard on the top three and you made me come up with a top three. Uh, and then now, now, you're, now you're pretending like you don't want to do it. Save it for next week, Nando. Your little idea. I'll text you what the topics were. Sounds good. But stick with us all year long. <laughs> Excited to be back. Excited to be doing the show. Have a couple weeks of draft prep shows, and then uh, we'll bounce into the season. All uh, three. <laughs> come on. I can't. We'll go. <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Yeah. <laughs> theme. The running theme through all three. <laughs> This is what I got to deal with, people. This is <laughs> unbelievable. This is going to be the best show ever. I cannot wait. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Nando. And dealing right. with your craziness all year long. Thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. This was such a wonderful time. Chris Vaccaro uh, and most of his neck and some of his chest that you can see that wants to thank you for, <laughs> for being here. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Theo and everybody who got us this opportunity, man. This is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. We love you all very much. Goodbye. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.